Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Pastor Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast today. I know that many of you regularly listen to the podcast and you reach out to us and let us know that the podcasts are helpful to you. I want to ask a favor. One of the things I know about leaders is leaders are givers. They are the most proficient givers that are around. Here's the thing. I want to ask you to give right now. If there is a leadership podcast you've listened to that really, really helped you, could you forward that and send the link to that to someone you know as a leader and say, hey, would you give this a quick listen? Because one of the things we want to do is to just affect more leaders' lives. Anytime you help a leader, you don't add to the kingdom, you multiply. And we want to be in the multiplying business. And so you multiply every time you resource another leader. I also want to remind you that all of my resources, you can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. They're listed there. I want to tell you that I'm back on the road. Uh, I've been in three great places over the last four weeks. I'll be in two more great places the next two weeks. And it is just amazing to me to see how well people are doing doing out there. And if you want to join us for some of those events, you can go online and you can look at the scheduling of those. Today, I want to talk to you about there is always a test. There is always a test. This is just so obvious if you've led. Any of you that have led for any length of time know that there's always a test, that every day something is going to be thrown at you that is going to test you in some way. It may be an inward test. It may be an outward test. It may be a relationship test. It may be an organizational test. It may be a test when it comes to your past, your future, your present. But here's what I know as a leader. There's always a test. They say that from the day that you begin school, kindergarten, until the day you graduate college, that the average person will take over 1,500 tests. 1,500 tests. From when you were that little tyke, not knowing anything, and you had your first test, to when you finished college, 1,500 tests. Now, what I find interesting about that is that not all tests are the same. See, there are scheduled tests. These are tests that you know are coming. So you know that in school there might be a six-week test, and those six-week tests are just to make sure you're proficient in the knowledge uh, that you should have gained. And so you know that that test is coming. And we all know in leadership there are tests that will come. We know that there are board meetings that we have to sit through. We know that there are staff meetings. And all of those are a version of being tested. And each one of those tests is just a really average test until you fail. If you fail, that board meeting test can get pretty intense. If you fail, that staff meeting 
uh, tests can be pretty intense, but they're scheduled tests. We just know that they're coming on a certain schedule. Then there are semester tests, and semester tests are a little different. Even though you know they're coming, they're comprehensive. They require a bandwidth of knowledge and information that is larger than what you have ever probably had to give. So you're not just giving, hey, what did I learn yesterday and what did I learn last week? You're giving answers to questions that would be over an entire length of time. But then in school, there was the test that I disliked the most, and it was the surprise test. When that teacher, you would walk in, would look at you and say, hey, pull out a sheet of paper. Now, that's probably old school for some of you because I don't know if they use paper anymore in school. But they would literally say, hey, pull out a sheet of paper. And as they would say, pull out a sheet of paper, you know that you were going to be asked some things. And you are going to have to recall some things. Well, what I want you to know is that leadership, there's always a test. You never get to graduate. There's always going to be something that's testing you. And what I find is that a lot of leaders are good for a short period of time, but eventually the test catch up to them. See, you can hide integrity for a short period of time or the lack of it. But eventually, you will be tested, and it will show up. Now, that being said, I want to walk you through a series of leadership tests that we see in the Bible, and it involves probably the individual we are given more data on about their leadership journey than anybody else in the entire volume of Scripture, and that is Moses. And I want to start in Exodus chapter 2 in verse 11. And it says, It came to pass in those days that when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and he looked at their burdens. Moses is about to experience a test, and it's a test that every leader has to go through. And it is called the test of passion. The test of passion. See, he's going to see a need. And it's going to provoke passion. He's going to see a need and it is going to provoke passion. See, in business, here's how they like to construct things. Let's come up with a business plan. God doesn't construct things based on a business plan. He constructs things based on people's needs. And so what we see going on here is that Moses is going to see the burden, the needs of the people of Israel, and he's going to react. But throughout the Bible, what happens is we see leaders seeing a need and it creates passion. So David, when he stumbled onto the armies of Israel and he saw Goliath coming in the morning and night challenging them, what did he do? He is moved by the need of Israel cowering before this giant. And as he is moved by that particular need, he has a passion. And what does he say? Is there not a cause? Nehemiah is sitting in the comfort of the palace 
when word gets back to him about what's going on in Jerusalem, and because of the word that gets back to him, he sees a need, and it creates a passion. Paul begins to see a need for the gospel to go into the Gentiles, and he sees the burden being put on them, and he sees the need, and it creates a passion. Here's what I know. Leaders that lead, they don't lead because they have a plan. They lead because they have a passion. See, it's passion that gets you up in the morning and keeps you up at night. It's passion that gets you out of bed when you're dead tired. It's passion that keeps you on your feet when you want to quit. There has to be a burden. There has to be a cause. There has to be a need. There has to be a group of people to reach. That's what we learn, that there was a passion. Now, the thing about passion is passion compels you forward. But in Moses' case, we're going to learn something about passion. And that is, as valid as the passion is, if it is mismanaged or misdirected, it will be the kind of thing that will cause damage. And that's what's going to happen with Moses. His heart is going to be bigger than his head. Passion must always be processed through wisdom. See, when you're young, you have a lot of passion. When you're old, you have a lot of wisdom. But what you have to have to lead for a long time is you have to have passion that has been coupled together with wisdom. So Moses is going to have the test of passion. How do you respond to an obvious burden? How do you respond to an obvious need? As he begins to respond, it says in verse 12, so he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian. What's interesting is, as much as his passion was legit, he's going to fail because of the test of example. See, he looked this way and he looked that way. What we're told in the New Testament is that if you're a leader, be an example. That's what Paul told Timothy. Moses is about to fail the example test. He looked this way and that way, and when he saw no one. Here's what Moses thought. I can do something because no one's looking. I can do something because no one's looking. This is where I sort of push back on a lot of young leaders nowadays and even old leaders at times. There is no such thing as a part-time leader. You may have a part-time job, but if you're a leader, there's no such thing as a part-time leader. And the reason for that is this. People are always watching you. And that's what Moses failed to understand is people are always watching you. They're always observing you. And if you do not, if you do not live your life as though you're always being watched, you will fail as a leader. 
So can you survive the test of visibility? Can you survive the test of visibility? See, all of us are being watched. Can you survive the test of visibility? One of the interesting things in history is this. Whenever the Nobel Prize is given to someone, maybe for chemistry, maybe for math, maybe for science or medicine, here's the thing. Seldom do they succeed after being given the award. And you know why? Because everyone is now watching them. You receive the Nobel Peace Prize. You receive the Nobel Prize. Everyone starts watching you. And so what happens is the more visual someone becomes, usually the less productive they are. But in the Bible, God asks us to be an example. He asks us to survive the test of visibility. The next thing is, it says, so he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and he hit him in the sand. Moses is experiencing the test of trust, the test of trust. See, he is faced with a passion that's overwhelming him and a problem in front of him. Now, when you have passion and you have a problem, it's either going to lead you to do something or it's going to lead you to God knowing that he will do something. That's the trust test. See, the paradox is, can you take charge and still let God be in control? Moses has this passion that's pushing him, but now he is being pushed into a circumstance and he doesn't have a trust level in God to manage it. So he takes things into his own hands. And let me say this, whenever we take issues into our own hands and we take them out of God's hands, it always kills something. In Moses' case, it's going to kill an Egyptian literally. But when we have a passion to do something, but we lack trust in God to take care of it, what happens is things end up dying. So people's ministries die. People's businesses die. People's marriages die. People's relationships die. Why? Because if you're going to have high passion, you are going to eventually have to have high trust. You're going to have to pass the trust test of trusting that God will take care of what needs to happen. But when you struggle with the passion test and it leads you to the trust test and you mismanage it, you're going to learn something that every leader learns, and that is the test of time. It says now it happened in the process of time. Time is its own process, verse 23. Now it happened in the process of time says in the process of time. See, as a leader, time tells us everything. See, time tells us really what's in you. 
time tells us really how you are going to endure. And time gives us perspective. So time gives you endurance. You learn how to endure over time. Time gives you experience. And time gives you perspective. Here's what I want you to know. Moses didn't do well with people. So let's state the obvious. Killing somebody is a lack of people skills. Let's just go straight for that one. Anytime you kill somebody, that is a total lack of people skills. And some of you are saying, well, I never killed anybody. How many times have you wanted to? And sometimes we don't kill someone physically. We kill them verbally. We kill them organizationally. We kill people. Moses didn't do well with people. So God says, I'm going to give you the ultimate time out so you can learn, so you can get it right. Why? Time gives us an opportunity to learn what we need to learn, to adjust where we need to adjust, to grow where we need to grow so that we can succeed in the future where we need to succeed. And so this is going to be the ultimate timeout. God's going to put Moses in a no people zone. Hey, Moses, you're not really good with people right now. You killed one of them. So I'm putting you in a no people zone and I'm going to make you a shepherd over sheep. And I'm going to give you a lot of time, time alone to reflect, to learn, and to grow. Now, I've talked about this repeatedly. Leadership formation is time-sensitive, and there are no shortcuts. As I like to put it, you may be in a hurry, but God's not. You may be in a hurry. Hey, I got to get my ministry. I got to get my business. I got to get this. I got to get that. God's not in a hurry. And the Bible proves that. Moses, 40 years on the backside of a desert. God wasn't in a hurry. Abraham, 25 years waiting for a child. God obviously was not in a hurry. David, 13 years uh, running for his life until he's going to be crowned king. God was not in a hurry. Elijah, 10 years of serving Elijah. God was not in a hurry. And Paul, three years and then 14 years, a total of 17 years in different places, God was not in a hurry. Just write it down. Just because you're in a hurry doesn't mean God's in a hurry because God knows that time is the ultimate place that leaders are proven. But as he begins to mature, learn, and grow, there's another test. And it's in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 10. And it is the test of questions. The test of questions. When finally in doing his job, he has a divine encounter. He has a divine appointment with God. He's out tending his sheep. All of a sudden there's a bush on fire, but the bush isn't burning up. He goes and the presence of God in the bush begins to speak to him. What does Moses do? He begins to ask questions. So as a leader, there are the test of questions. 
just the test of questions that come. See, sometimes when you're a leader, people have a misunderstanding. They think that you have all the answers. They don't realize as a leader, you have more questions than you do answers. You and I both know that if you're truly leading in a highly prolific and profound way, you're leading with confidence, but confidence doesn't mean that you're without questions. Because most leaders I know have more questions than anybody else. And so being a leader doesn't mean you don't have questions, that you don't have questions of yourself, you don't have questions of God, you don't have questions of others. The truth of the matter is, is that leaders are the most questioning people that I know. They question themselves all the time. They question God and they question others. God will let each of us process questions as long as we do not ignore the answer. And see, the answer in each one of these questions is going to be fundamental, and that is, it's God. It's God. Who do I tell them sent me? It's going to be God. What do I do if, if they don't believe? It's going to be God. How do I react if they don't respond? It's going to be God. And I don't want to minimize the complexity of some of our questions. But when God gives you the answer and he says, hey, I'll take care of it. I'll handle it. I'll do this. It's interesting. There's a question in there where Moses really questions whether he can do it, whether he shouldn't do it, and whether people are going to respond to him. And it's this layer of questions that are basically wrapped up doubt, which every leader I know has. But in the midst of that wrapped up doubt, God finally says, but I'm God. And what God was saying to Moses is, you were so consumed with you that you're forgetting me. So when our questions eliminate God possibilities, our questions have gone too far. So what I want to say to you is that there are tests out there. And these tests are tests that every leader feels. There's the test of passion. Is there a burden in your heart? There's nothing worse than a leader who no longer has something burning inside them. The test of example, can you survive the test of visibility? Can you handle the scrutiny of being a leader? The test of trust, you're going to put yourself in positions, and those positions will be such that what's going to happen is that as much as you were led into the moment, you're going to have to trust God to get you out of that moment. And then the test of time that when we're in a hurry that God's not, that when we want it done today and God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, and a day with me is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day, God's just going to sit there 
and he's going to say, okay, here's what you need to know. I need you to trust me in this. And, and then there's the test that's just going to be the test of time that God's going to sit there and say, hey, there's some things can only happen, not in a day, not in a week, not in a month, not in a year. Let me throw it out there, not in a decade. And then there's the test of questions. Can you handle the questions without letting the questions become bigger than God? Can you be Job? Yea, though he slay me, I will still trust him. Test. There's always a test. Something's going to test you every day. Something's going to test you in every way. There is always a test. How are you doing when it comes to the test as a leader? Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. Again, I just want to ask uh, your help. Leaders are the ultimate givers. We give of our time, our talent, and our treasure. Would you be willing to forward this podcast to someone and say, hey, maybe this will help you? Maybe there's a young leader out there that's in too much of a hurry and they need to hear about the test of time. Maybe there's an older leader who's failing the test of passion. They no longer see the need and the burdens of people. But maybe you could send it out and help them. I want to remind you that uh, I have a lot of resources and my schedule of places that I'm going to be speaking is pretty full right now. And I just want you to be aware of that. And so you can go to Gerald Brooks Ministries. You can look on all the resources, all the uh, various books and flash drives and all the information that we've put on there. And maybe that'll help you in your journey. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.